Hello, and welcome to the Jill Cruz podcast. This is Jill Cruz. Today, I had the pleasure of speaking with my colleague, Rachel Bentz, and we talked about physical activity fitness. She is a personal trainer and she helps people with nutrition and other things, but we mostly focused on the discussion around fitness. And I think it's a, an issue that can be very difficult for a lot of people is like, how do I get to develop a good workout habit that's sustainable? And so we talked about how Rachel believes very strongly that fitness should be fun. And the best way to do that is to work very gradually building tiny, tiny habits, uh, tiny, tiny new habits and kind of building them on top of each other until you have a sustainable habit. So we talked about that and what is fun, what defines fun, uh, how can you use that to help develop these habits. We talked about creating a new identity as someone who works out and you know we talked about what would a runner do what would a healthy person do and so that's an awesome topic that we discussed and i think all of these are amazing tools and thought processes you know mindset tools that we all could use to continue to develop our healthy habits enjoy hello rachel and welcome to the podcast thanks for having me jill so let's talk about something that you have mentioned is very important to you, and it's very important to me as well. I love that. We're so on the same page about, and that is your idea that wellness and health practices can be fun. I would love to hear more about that. How, how can we make it fun and why? is it, You must have a pretty strong reason of why you believe that it should be fun that health and wellness should be fun. Yeah, well, I I think it well, it really stems back and this is probably just a little bit selfish, but one of my three values is fun. So faith, mm-hmm. family and fun are my three mm-hmm. values in no particular order, but probably that mm-hmm. faith, family and fun. And mm-hmm. so I suppose my whole life has been driven towards how do we make things fun? And when mm-hmm. I got into fitness about 10 years ago, that certainly carried with it. Uh, or with me in terms of wanting to make things fun. Brief little caveat to this. So my company's name is Enjoy. And for Mm -hmm. years, Jill, I tried to get people to call workouts Enjoy Outs. Because I think I think language is such an important thing. And I kept thinking, if I just keep saying it, it's going to catch on. Well, let me tell you, 10 years later, it hasn't caught on yet. It hasn't caught on yet. So I'll maybe try to like pick that back up and call them enjoy outs. I love but, it. You know, I, I, I just think that one, taking care of our bodies shouldn't be, well, it is work. It shouldn't be viewed as work for taking mm-hmm. care of our bodies. It's about self-care. It should mm-hmm. be about fun and we're more apt to do things if we find them fun or we find them enjoyable. So Mm. when I talk about fitness with my clients, it's really about what do they find enjoyable? So some of them don't find strength training enjoyable. Some of them don't find running. Some of them don't find skiing. Some of them don't find cold weather. Some of what, you know, whatever they don't find enjoyable. Well, let's take that off the table to begin with. And let's talk about what is fun for them, because if it's going to be fun, they're going to do it or they're more apt to do it. So, Mm. and I think it's personal, you know, so certainly I've had people that I've talked to that don't find strength training fun or enjoyable, but let's talk about what are the pieces of that maybe that we can work fun into. So is it that they want to be doing it with somebody? Maybe that's why they hire me because 
I can talk and make the hour more enjoyable and more fun for them? Um, is it that they want to take a group class? Is it, you know, what is it about it that they find fun? And let's build on that. So we have to start somewhere. Yeah. 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 I love that. And something that you mentioned also that you're very passionate about is helping people make tiny little steps in their, in their progress and the change. And I think that that helps make it more fun because if you think like, oh, I have to go from, I barely work out to now I'm some kind of like gym rat, um, whatever image that people have in their minds, it becomes overwhelming so it, it's not fun if you think that you have to work really hard and be perfect at it, like from day one. I 100% agree. And I've been doing a ton of reading. BJ Fogg wrote a good book. Um, mm-hmm. James Clear wrote a good book. I mean, so there's some good books about not necessarily about the whole fitness and wellness space, but about creating small, tiny atomic habits. Yeah. So I really do talk to my clients about what's something super, super small. And I'll give you an example. So I had a client that I started working with uh, probably about 18 months ago. And she hired me I'm as a personal trainer. So I went to her house once a week. And honestly, Jill, for the life of me, I could not get her to work out more than when we were just together. And I, you know, tried to think about all the things that I could talk to her about, about all the whys and all the things. And, you know, she had her whole dissertation written about why it was important to her and why all these things, but still wasn't clicking. So finally, I was like, okay, we're going to start with what day, like what day besides the day that I come here, what day are we going to work out? Are you going to work out by yourself? Saturday. Okay. So I said, next Saturday, you're going to brush your teeth. You're going to put on your workout clothes And then you're going to drink your coffee. Like, I don't even want you to work out. Like, we're going to start like this super small. Like, you are going to start just by putting your workout clothes on. And I said, honestly, I don't even want you to work out. Let's do that for two weeks. So after two weeks, she's like, okay, I probably could do something. I'm like, yeah, you probably could. So then Mm. the next month on Saturday, she worked out for five minutes. Five minutes. Mm. That's it. Five minutes. A year and a half later, now she's working out for an hour, two days a week without me. Wow. But we started, but, and she finds it easy and she finds it fun. But we started right. with, honestly, the smallest, the smallest way she could start was like putting her tennis shoes on. Like, yeah. that's it. You know, and the other pieces too that we were able to tie that into was one, and this is where the research comes in, you know, tying it into a habit that mm-hmm. you already have. Right. She would wake up and brush her teeth. I mean, that was kind of, and then she would go get coffee and then brush her teeth again. But, was kind of her habit. And I thought, oh, and so we decided in the middle of those two things, because coffee was, is certainly a reward for her is mm-hmm. she brushes her teeth and then works out. So those two habits are tied together. And then mm-hmm. her reward for the workout is a great cup of coffee. Mm, nice. And you know what? I was just thinking like a year and a half later, like I love the story because we have the benefit of hearing like 18 months later, the, the, the results, because if she had done not put her workout clothes on because it wasn't enough. That's what people think. They think, oh, oh, that's not enough. Or five minutes is not enough. So I'm not even going to bother doing it. Then she would be exactly where she was 18 months ago. Nothing would have changed. Oh, I can't work out. But because she took that, a little bit of courage even perhaps, you know, to say, I'm going to do something that feels kind of silly and stupid. It doesn't feel like it's enough. But I'm going to do it anyway. And then building on that and building on that and like doing the habit stacking, like you're describing, associating it with another habit, like 
getting it to where the brain is like, no, this is just what you do. This is just, you know, you brush your teeth and then you work out and then you drink your coffee. And, but I really want to emphasize the fact that she would be exactly where she was if she hadn't taken that very tiny, tiny action. It's a wonderful story too. Yeah, and it's <laughs> so great. and it's so hard. I mean, she does, she certainly is one of my superstars because I think it is so challenging. I will put myself in that same category. It's so challenging to think, okay, if I'm not going to do if I'm not even going to be at the recommended what I should right. be doing by the government, which isn't even that high in terms of the recommendations in terms of where we're supposed to should supposed to I don't like any of those words but where right. they recommend that we are for our fitness levels just talking about the fitness piece of it I mean mm-hmm. five minutes is well below anything that anybody would ever suggest is beneficial right. but it wasn't right. about that I mean we really talked about building habits and to yes. your point we talked about okay you can do nothing and be mm-hmm. in the same place in two years or you're right let's take a risk let's try something and let's make it fun, do something that is going to be fun in there as well. And let's just see. And she, Mm -hmm. you know, bless her heart, was able to take that risk. And I use her. And so I use her then, her story, her testimonial with lots of other clients. And so I've got other clients that have similar stories as, you know, taking it, taking it slow. And like you said, almost stupidly silly slow. I mean, she yeah. was like, are you kidding me? I just have to put on my, I'm like, yeah, you are just going to put on your dentist shoes. That's it. That's all I want you to do for two weeks. So that's your homework. So, yeah. and you, you mentioned BJ Fogg and I talk about his graph. I actually haven't read his book, <laughs> but his, the little graph that he has. And I talk about it a lot with our clients because there's the motivation and then there's the ability. And I think a lot of our clients who are more women in their fifties and sixties, 40s sometimes, but usually 50s and 60s, who they don't feel like they have the ability, even if they have worked with a trainer, like she was working with you one day a week. But like, how do I do it on my own? What do I do? Where do I start? And I think that feeling of like, I can't do this. I don't have the ability to do this. It holds people back and it makes it not fun. But if they know what to like, why, why does she think it's fun now? Well, probably in big part because she feels that sense of accomplishment of like, I can do this and like, I'm good at, I'm kind of good at this, you know, and that, that can be fun to feel that sense of like accomplishment. And I'm trying to think of the word empowerment. I mean, she feels empowered to do what she's doing for her, for her body. Right. Capability, feeling capable. Like I can, you know, I'm capable of doing this. And so I think that's for people listening, like keep in mind that it's, it's, when you're slowly building that habit, you're also slowly learning skills, which will make it easier to, to do this thing and, and much more pleasurable. 100%. And I think the other piece that um, most people find that is built into fun, and I don't know if you've read Catherine Price's book, The Power of Fun. She talks no. about she talks about fun, like the little F that we're talking about right now, but the big F and her mm-hmm. big F fun is in order to be categorized as fun, um, it needs to be have three different things. It needs to be playful. It needs to have you need to get into a flow when you're doing mm-hmm. that. And there needs to be a sense of connection. Mm. So her research around that is that unless if one of those pieces is taken away, it can't be in her eyes categorized as capital F fun. But the connection part um, to exercise is something 
and it made me think of it when you were talking about people finding that mastery so that you can find some of those things. You can certainly find the flow once you've mastered something. You can find something that you enjoy. So you've got that playfulness piece in it. But the connection, Mm -hmm. and I think for women is so important so that even if you are working out by yourself at home, you want to find a person probably outside of your home, but somebody else that you can be accountable to or Mm -hmm. connected with in your journey. Mm. So, and you don't need to pay for that person. You know, certainly, you know, that's, that's how I make my money or that's how I make (laughs) some of my money is people do pay for that. And so I, but I, I fully recognize that part of my role is honestly just to be there as an accountability partner. I mean, Mm -hmm. a lot of my clients have been working with me for a long time. They know what to do. They could probably write their own workouts, you know, Mm -hmm. but it is that connection part of the fun that that's one of the reasons that I'm there for them. But for this client that I was, that I was telling the story about, not only did she do that, put her sneakers on or, you know, do those five minutes when she first got started, but she would text me Mm -hmm. then. So part of that connection part wasn't that she wasn't feeling alone when she was Mm -hmm. doing that, even though she was in her house by herself, she knew that. And I don't require all of my clients to do this, but it's it's an option that they can. And so part of her commitment to me was that she had a commitment to me. And on Saturdays, then she'd, she'd text me. And then, you know, once she started doing something, she'd text me her Apple watch and be like, okay, see the five minutes or see the 20 minutes or, you know, so, so that yeah. made it fun for her as well, because there was some sort of that accomplishment. But yeah, what I was going to get at is you don't have to pay for that. So that if you have yeah. somebody that is with you on that journey that you can connect with, um, mm-hmm. I think that's important. You know, one of the things Mm -hmm. in my life that I've done are a bunch of Ironman triathlons, Mm. which are a little crazy. And my sister does them with me, although we've never lived in the same state when we've trained for the same Mm -hmm. races together. So, Mm -hmm. but it's been nice then to be able to be virtually or even, you know, even before I'm old school enough that I know what it's like to live without a cell phone. So, so even, even like, you know, emailing or, or even before email, but by that time we were doing races, there was email. So we could email each other in the morning, like, okay, I did my workout. Did you do yours or, you know, vice versa. So to have that, have that connection, I think is important. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. I love that. It's so important. It definitely makes it more fun. <laughs> that yeah, is for right. sure. Yeah, yeah. And, and sometimes it's a difference between doing it and not doing it to, to have that accountability for sure. And I agree with you. Like I love the idea of an accountability buddy or I was talking, gosh, I can't even remember who I was talking to. <laughs> oh, I was talking to a client this morning and we were talking about the grieving process. If someone, you know, had passed away in, in her life and how, that sometimes when you go to these, you know, there are groups for grieving and stuff, and they will pair someone who has, who lost a loved one, maybe more in the past, maybe five, 10, 15 years ago, with someone who's newly grieving, and how healing that is for both of the people involved. And I think this could also be something with an accountability buddy, like I have, we have another client, her friend who introduced us to her, she has been working out for a, lo- a long time. She's very diligent, very committed. And her friend was less, you know, was new to all of this. And so she was her kind of inspiration and her accountability buddy. So it, you can pair, out with, pair up with someone who's at the same level of you, or you can pair up with someone who you're kind of going, hey, I've been there and I'm going to help you or you know, working with someone who's who's been in the, at it longer than you. I think it, it's a wonderful way to create community and, and connection. But I also think, and I would love to hear your thoughts about this, 
I feel like a big part of the process, whether it's nutrition, fitness, stress management, being you know someone who meditates regularly, whatever it is that your healthy lifestyle habits are, that the more you do it, the more it becomes part of your identity. And I think that's also relevant to the term connection because for me, look, I'm not a fitness professional, but I feel a connection to, to fitness professionals. I feel connected to people who work out a lot and take care of their bodies in that way because that's part of my identity. So I think that's also helpful for clients to remember. Like you're creating a new person here, kind of a new part of you, a new you. <laughs> right. Well, and I think that you can think about that. I think that's interesting. And I just was talking to someone the other day about that. And I think you can take it from both perspectives, the way in which you just said is that once you start developing those habits, you start to identify as. So if I want to, if I want to run a 5k, I'm going to start with those, I'm going to research, I'm going to start with those habits of what are those small, tiny things that are going to get me to um, getting to, to run. So buying the running shoes, but you know, you know, starting small. Right. But I think you can take it from the opposite way and mm -hmm. you can say, and if you start to say it to yourself every day, you know, like a mantra, I'm a runner. Mm -hmm. And if you say, I'm a runner, then you look at decisions that you're going to make through that lens or through that filter. Yes. And you say, I'm a runner. So what would a runner do this morning? Mm. Okay. Well, a runner is going to get out and run before they go to work <laughs> so that it, so that work doesn't get in the way. A runner is right. going to set their alarm a half an hour earlier so that they then can run. So if I'm a runner, yes, I need to do that. Then when I get back from my run, I'm going to say, I'm a runner. How is a runner going to fuel their body? Mm. Okay. I'm probably not going to have a donut for breakfast. You know, I'm probably going to have some you know, whatever, whatever that is that makes sense for you in terms of the, the food choices that you make, but I'm going to have some fruit, I'm going to have some oatmeal, you know, and I'm gonna have my coffee. So if you so you can take it from I'm building habits to become, or you can just make the declarative statement to say, right. I am, and then try to make those decisions through that filter. And I've seen it work both yeah. ways. Yeah, I've been experimenting a little bit more myself, even with those mantras, or mm -hmm. I'm a pretty long meditation practice, but really trying to use those mantras in the morning and then trying to make decisions based on this is what I am. Like I yes. am X. Yes. Yes. Then how, then everything else kind of like flows from there. So, I mean, yeah. I, and again, either way, and I don't think one way is wrong. And I think it happens both ways because right. once you then start to practice in that way, then you start to believe it, but it's a little yes. about like, just like, saying it out loud enough that you start to believe it through the power of language and the power of thought, but also right. then those habits are helping create from the other side, helping to create the... The evidence. The evidence, sorry, that was the word I was looking for, the evidence that I am that. Yeah. So, and I think both are helpful. I think, yeah, I think both are part of the process. I, I, I love that idea that of what would a runner do? What would a healthy eater do? What would someone who, you know, is a good sleeper do? What, you know, whatever it is, I, I think I love that expression. I think it's a really easy little kind of pattern interrupt that you could use. Like 
you're going about your business and you're like, wait a minute, would a runner do this? I don't know. (laughs) Let me see if I have any runner friends and ask them. (laughs) But I think and I, you know, I really, I'm, I'm all about the power of like, language. And I tell people, you know, put stickers up in your bathroom mirror. Now you have Mm -hmm. to change them every once in a while, because if the same sticker is up there all the time, then you just don't look at it anymore. You ignore it. But (laughs) if you put that sticker up for the first couple of weeks, like I am a runner, or I am a triathlete, or I, yes, I am a healthy eater, whatever that is, and then put them up in different places, put them in your car, put them in your office, put them on your computer. Again, you need to change them every once in a while. But I think that helps as I as a cue to remind us that, oh, I get to, I get mm-hmm. to make the decision. Like these yes. decisions aren't just happening to me. My life isn't just happening to me. I get to make the decisions. I get to decide. It's fun to put on my running shoes and go out for a run. Like I yeah. get to choose that. And I also think it's about, you know, getting back to the whole fun thing. I think that that is also a choice mm-hmm. is that it is that we can choose to say this is fun. Now, I do triathlons. I'm not a big runner. <laughs> that is not my favorite part of that. So I, sometimes I do actually have to repeat to myself, this is fun. This is fun. This is fun. So, so, like, <laughs> and I haven't like, you know, it's it's working. I haven't say it's like 100% worked, but that's mm-hmm. working for me. So yeah, yeah. No, I, I think it's really important. That identity piece is really important. And, and it's kind of like a little bit like fake it till you make it, although maybe that's not the best term. But to to sort of assume that identity before you have all of the evidence of it, I think is is a really powerful powerful tool, and and you can tre- connect in that way as well, right? And to your point, getting back to that connection piece is if you identify as, then you're mm-hmm. going to join a group and surround yourself with. Yes. I mean, if you're a group person, then you're going going to either start reading or mm-hmm. you know looking at social media or surrounding yourself with other people that are in that same group that are making those same decisions. And so then that's kind of, then it moves you along that path in that yeah, way. It's, it's like the momentum building uh, yeah. stuff, you know, yeah. I, that's great. Yeah. I love that. I, lo- I think this is really helpful for people in particular. I've noticed fitness is something that people, I even wrote a blog post about exercise inertia. Cause my, my, I had this one client and she was like, I have exercise inertia. I just can't, I just can't like, you know, and I was like, I was like, could you just do it for 60 seconds? And she was like, that's ridiculous. You know? And, and I was like, no, just 60 seconds. Like just do something like do five squats. I don't care what it is. You know, I think it is a, a tough one for people because they do think that it's hard, that it's by its nature hard and, and suffering. And, and it really isn't. And I think even when, listen, I'm not running any marathons or 5Ks. I'm not a runner either. But a lot of the stuff that I do when I'm working out, yeah, there is a certain amount of discomfort that's involved. But it's, I feel like, I don't know if I would use the word fun. There's definitely flow. It's, there's a yeah. flow that mm-hmm. happens. And then, but when I'm done, then it's fun. <laughs> well, and I think that that's, and I think that's the thing too. And I, and I do, you know, I, and I do empathize with um, a couple of injuries recently. And so I understand what it's like to, to stop and then get back started. And yeah. so your body is going to be sore. There are going to be things that are going to happen as you ramp up. But once you get there, like you said, then when you exercise, even if the actual 30 minutes or hour isn't 
joyful or gleeful. <laughs> when you're done, <laughs> you might be joyful or gleeful. And right. honestly, and I just heard something. I don't know. I can't remember what I, what I was listening to the other day, but the gentleman was talking about, you know, when you're done and, and I do talk to my clients about this, when you're done with your workout, unless you are some professional athlete that's doing something crazy, you actually should feel better mm-hmm. than when you started. Like yeah. you should have more energy, you know, maybe not more physical energy, but maybe even some more physical energy once you're done. So if you can get to that space, if you can get through those first couple of weeks of, yeah, you're going to be a little bit sore and you're you know, building those habits once mm-hmm. you're there. I mean, there isn't anything now. I didn't have such a great workout this morning, but then, you know, not everything is going to be super awesome, but most part it is fun to be, have moved my body and been taking care of myself in that way. So, I mean, I, I do, yeah. I do think that there's that. The other thing that I think about for exercise as well is most of my clients, most of my clients are in their fifties or sixties and all of them, they're not working out to train for anything in particular. Mm-hmm. They're working out for life. I mean, yeah. we're, we work on functional fitness, which I love yeah. that the first three letters of functional is fun. So I'm like, hey. <laughs> but I mean, we really do work on functional fitness about what is it that like, what exercises can we do so that you can do X so that you can go to Europe and walk around and not feel like yeah. you're super sore and can't, can't go out the next day. Um, how do you play with your grandkids? How do you take advantage? Now you made all this money. Now you're retiring. Now, how do you go play golf every day and be, you know, mm-hmm. feel really good about that as well. So I think it's important to think about it is just part of self-care and maybe maybe you will never actually love the actual lifting of a weight I'm okay with that if that you have developed that habit and that bigger why for I'm doing this because I want to be able to take the Christmas tree down from the attic and not get hurt when I'm you know putting it up yeah. And you know, as you do is. it, you build strength and it, and it becomes more sort of satisfying because you go, Hey, I, you know, six months ago, I wasn't able to lift this amount or do this number yeah. of reps. Uh, so there's that in, internal satisfaction that's happening. And I have a little trick that I use. So since COVID, I bought a bunch of equipment from the gym that closed down, unfortunately. In New York, they just shut everything down, including sure. the gyms, which was just hard a travesty you know like that gym owner he literally lost his business it was terrible so (laughs) i have a bunch of equipment but now we moved to a new house and it's in the garage and you know i'm in new york hot in the summer cold (laughs) in the winter winter. um so i have little things you know a little air conditioner and all that stuff but sometimes it's hard to motivate to go to to my garage (laughs) um my little trick that i use is i say to myself I'm just going to dance to one song because I love to dance. For me, that is pure fun. So I go in there and I'm like, you know what? If I don't want to work out after this song, I'm not, I won't work out. I tell myself that. And then I go in, I put on the song and I dance. And, you know, 9.9 times out of 10, I'm like, oh, well, I'm here anyway. I'm also start working out. Yeah. So another thing that I like to do a lot is I'll do a couple sets of things and, and I'll just, I'll just dance I'm not going to dance to a whole song, but just take like a little mini, mini break and put and like turn the music up and just dance. So um, I think there are creative ways to to even bring like pure fun into the process, like listening to your favorite music or I don't don't know, maybe there are other cool things. Yeah, no, I love that. And I love that you talk about dance. Have you read um, Kelly McGonigal's book, The Joy of Movement? 
No, you have so many books, Rachel. Oh, I'm a, like a big, I'm a huge reader, but she's, but Kelly, she talks about, I mean, she has a whole chapter about dance and how movement and, you know, she goes into the history of like cultural stuff about dance and about how that like dancing actually is a human, what, I don't want to call it a human trait, but it's, it's so deep deeply rooted within us that Mm -hmm. that is such a powerful way to move and so dancing certainly evokes so many different things for different people so I love that you do that I I am not a dancer at all so I do this with my shades shut in the morning but after my (laughs) morning meditations I do a little solo dance party Uh so I dance to one song every morning just because I'm like okay this like gets me up and gets me moving and you know gets the blood flowing and you know gets all that stuff going it's enlivening it's enlivening I feel so much better even if I'm not like in the mood, whatever. I'm just like, okay, random song. Let's dance. And, you know, yeah. Always makes me me feel better. I love that. I love that. Well, this has been fantastic. I really appreciate the very tangible tips and and examples that that you brought today like I, I think it's, it's going to be really helpful for people to listen because it like I said I think is a tough area as I'm sure you know yes yeah it's been great I love your attitude and I and I also really appreciate the commitment to uh, recognizing the power of words I think that's really uh, interesting and and helpful for people to think about that especially the fun in functional, Yes. No, I love that. I really appreciate your time as well. Um, And I think you're going to leave my contact number, but I do work with people virtually. So if anybody's ever interested in a, you know, either ongoing or just a once time, you know, virtual session, I, you know, the power of um, technology has been, has been great. And I think we've realized that unfortunately more in the last couple of years, but you know, that is a, is a thing. So I would love to, I would love to connect with people. And my big thing is alluded to it just kind of a little bit at the end too, but I'm a big, as you can tell, I'm a big celebrator. I love celebrating everything. So, you know, part of my role and part of my gift, I think, or my gift to my clients is that, you know, I want to really want to celebrate them and not in a kind of hokey way, but really celebrate all of their accomplishments. So that's a big, Mm. that's a huge thing. One, it's fun for me, but I just, I love to really make sure that people are feeling, especially women are feeling good about everything that they do and moving their body even just a little bit is a big, is a huge celebration. So Yeah, I love that because it's so easy to forget and to always focus on, well, uh, you know, I'm only doing five minutes. It's not enough. It's never enough. It's so, I think our brains are just hardwired to go there. So we do need kind of cheerleaders to remind us mm-hmm. to celebrate the the smaller wins and the big ones too. So thank you. I, lo- I love that. Please, let's all celebrate a lot more and have a lot more fun. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I really appreciate you, Jill. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay. How was that? That was a pretty fun podcast, wasn't it? That was Rachel Bentz. And uh, you can connect with her through her website, which is called enjoymyeveryday.com. I love that. Enjoy my every day. And uh, Rachel has a master's degree in education and kinesiology and a ton of certifications. And as you heard in the podcast, she is an avid reader and a respecter of the power of words, which I love. So she is very committed to making fitness and nutrition fun and, you know, something that you could really look forward to and enjoy. And so she does nutrition coaching and she works in person in St. Paul, Minnesota. And she also works virtually. So if you like Rachel, you can uh, seek her out on her website and maybe work with her remotely. 
or if you're in St. Paul, in person. <laughs> So thank you so much for listening. And I do want to remind you that we are have our love challenge, which is a wonderful opportunity for you to practice self-love. Unfortunately, most of us never really learned how to practice self-love. And it is something that we can have tools to do, uh, which I think is important instead of just saying, oh, just go love yourself. Like, how do we do that? So that's what the love challenge is all about. Join us for that. The link will be in the show notes. And I hope you have a beautiful day developing your new identity as a someone who works out or someone who meditates or whatever it is that you're working on. Enjoy. Enjoy.